0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast, where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This week it is episode 195, and it's one of our world-famous revisited episodes, I I guess it's the final revisited episode, at least for the first series of them. This is where uh, we take another look at one of the games we covered back in the earliest days of Remember the Game, when we had even less of an idea of what we were doing than we do now. And we, we started doing this two years ago with Remember the Game number 105, and then I did it every 10 episodes, all the way from 105, 115, 125, up to today. Episode 195, where we're taking another peek at the cult classic that is Final Fantasy 7, and we talked about Cloud and Friends for the first time way back on episode 12 of the podcast, and I thought, you know what, there's enough meat on this bone for a second helping, plus, I'll be honest with you, I was a little hard on this game the first time around, I and I still don't think it's perfect, I know that I don't like it as much as some of you do, but like, since the first episode... About Final Fantasy VII, that is. I've played the remake, and it just kind of completely reignited that spark that I had for this game back in high school. So I think this is a more positive look back on this game than the first time we did it. I will warn you about a couple of things, though. Number A, we spoil stuff particularly one big event that I think probably 99% of you already know about. One of the most famous moments in gaming history, but if by chance you don't know what I'm talking about, you will after this episode. Uh, Number two, this isn't different than a normal Remember the Game. It's the same format, but I do feel like we kind of just... We, we, we approached this one a little bit differently. We spent a lot of time on the characters and kind of the systems of the game, a little bit less focus on the story and stuff. I don't know. Like maybe that's just me. I haven't listened back to it since we recorded it. I just, I had a ton of fun doing it. I it was a great episode in my opinion. I just, it felt different than a couple of the other ones we've done by the time we wrapped it up. Uh, and finally, number C, we didn't cover everything okay I don't think we even got into fighting the different weapons or some of the mini games stuff like that so please don't yell at me if we didn't get to everything that you love about this It's a big it's a big fucking video game all right but we did our best um my guest this week is my childhood chum Daniel we grew up falling in love with Final Fantasy 2 back on the Super Nintendo we both played Final Fantasy 7 we have different opinions on some of the aspects of the game but we still had a really fun chat I think the different aspects makes for a little bit better podcast and we both agreed that Cage Sith is Maybe the most useless piece of shit in gaming history. And we'll get to all that in just a minute. Because speaking of the most useless pieces of shit in gaming history, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous Intro. <laughs> If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. They don't suck. It's this. You know what our intro is? It's like the first mission in Final Fantasy VII, where you blow up the reactor and nothing can really kill you, and you can just admire Cloud's hair, and it's it's fun. Uh, but seriously, if you do want to skip it, go about 30 minutes up the road from now, and you'll get to the game chat. Uh, we have merchandise: hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all rocking badass art that was all drawn. Single-handedly drawn and created by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. So you can check him out over there and you can find our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It is a great way to support the show and look very cool in the same time and of course if you're like I eh, don't do it close not for me then you can always consider supporting us on Patreon the single best value in the history of the internet and I think I truly believe that and I'll tell you why for only 2 US dollars a month you get 2 additional podcasts every week not 2 extra podcasts a month 2 extra podcasts a week you'll get my gaming news podcast game patch every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern games I add in my opinions and some stuff like that and when you get access to expansion pass every Thursday which is a different show each week we do game rankings we look back at characters consoles we do comedy episodes there's game reviews this past week on expansion pass I dropped my spoiler free review of the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie Sonic 2 and it was it was a little tricky to review that without ruining anything aside from some of the stuff everybody already knew like Knuckles is in it and things Uh, but I had fun it was nice stepping out of my video game comfort zone and kind of wading into the nerdy waters of movie reviewers Um, and as is becoming tradition during the intro here is a sneak peek of Last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my spoiler free Sonic 2 movie review. But Jim Carrey is back as Dr. Robotnik again. Um, I know there's probably some people out there that don't care for Jim Carrey, but I'll, I'm just going to put my cards on the table. I'm a big Jim Carrey fan. He's Canadian. He's a comedian. I grew up watching movies like Ace Ventura and The Mask and, you know, classic fucking Dumb and Dumber and like all the Jim Carrey movies. Um, I agree. I just think he's talented as fuck. I thought he was great in the first movie. I thought he was equally as great in this one. I know a lot of people have been saying that they thought that Idris Elba as Knuckles stole the show. And I agree that Knuckles was great in this movie. But in my opinion, Jim Carrey stole the show again. He's just like Dr. Robotnik is a role just so meant for Jim Carrey because he's so over the top And he just looks so animated and cartoonish in the way that he presents it. And you know what it reminded me of is the Riddler in Batman Forever. And I think most people will agree that Batman Forever sucks. But I also think most people will agree that Jim Carrey was very good in that movie. That's now available in our archives. And now this week, uh, our topic was up to our Patreons. And spiciest gaming takes ran away with the poll. So I'm going to read. We got a ton of uh, various levels of spiciness of gaming takes from our listeners so I'm going to read a bunch of them, I'm going to react to them I'm going to let them know just how spicy they are and I might even come up with a spicy meatball or two of my own, so it should be a lot of fun, again, two bucks, get to two additional shows a week, plus instant access to about 200 archived podcasts plus access to the Remember the Game Discord the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month, the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our shows, including playing play one, remake one, erase one, and you get a shout out right here on the show and you get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to all of our newest patrons. here we go scrub tech 84 Soros, evil skywalker casey jones tantrum 70 anthony jordan devin ztrox 369 nice grant potter cody richardson mike peace dylan ellsworth Sukasa 07, General Fury, that Bailey guy, Mark Hayward, Salty by Design, Thomas Bizzino, Red Ted Red, and Axel Vigano. I feel like I might not have fucked any of those up. I might have that might have anyway. Uh thank you all very, very much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can find all of that at patreon.com slash remember the game. And please don't forget 5% of our Patreon gets we we take a 5% of it every month, add it into a pool, and at the end of the year we'll be donating it uh to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton as part of my twenty four hour charity stream so you're not just helping me you're helping the kids out too we've already raised over 700 bucks so we're fucking killing it um i will just quickly point out if you're hearing this on the day it goes live between april 27th and april 30th maybe just wait until may 1st to sign up because if you don't they're going to charge you the day you sign up they're going to charge you again on the first of the month if you wait until may 1st you won't get charged again until june 1st so see how many people on patreon are trying to look out for you like that i'm not trying to rip you off i just helped me sleep at night anyway uh, and finally, you can find me on Twitch if you're interested. Go to twitch.tv slash member the game, not remember, member the game. I'm on there pretty well every Tuesday night, and then usually once or twice a week, whenever I can squeeze in a stream, and I just. Play whatever, and you can see my nose, and I argue with the audience. It's lots of fun. So there you go. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming-related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge.
1: He blows all right. He blows big time.
0: That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Ah, <sighs> Let's blow our first blower this week is Dan Page with one of my favorite uh, cartridge blows of all time. Dan Dan wrote in, if you don't know, if you're newer to our podcast, I have a long running uh, rivalry with Sega Saturn players. I call them Saturnians. I have no actual ill will toward that console at all. It's just kind of become a meme around here. But anyway, Dan Page wrote in and said, if there is life on the planet Saturn, do you think they have a shitty video game console named Earth? And I, maybe no one else will think that's funny. I think that's fucking hilarious. And as a fucking, as a professional pays his bills with his comedy comedian, thumbs up seal of approval on that damn page. Well done. Ah, the fucking earth, earthenites. Maybe that's what some fucking podcast host on Saturn, making fun of the earthenites. I love it. Uh, Mark Hayward. Wrote in and said, "Hey Adam, greetings from sunny Arizona. Newish listener, but loving the podcast so far. I work twelve-hour night shifts in semiconductor manufacturing, aka God's work, and the po- <laughs> and the podcast helps the mind-numbing loneliness. But enough about me. Have you any thoughts/slash experiences with the Steam Deck? I was lucky enough to have gotten one within the first month release, and this thing is a fucking monster. Going from Jet Set Radio to Crisis to God of War on a handheld is pretty wild. Getting ready to play Final Fantasy VI on it after you talked it up. As a Sega kid, it's my first time. 9999 never forget." never forget i see the deck being a massive incursion into nintendo's bottom line is valve doing what nintendo don't in the form of a switch pro minus the little plumber man no disrespect to nintendo it's i love me some mario and zelda but do you think the deck has a shot at becoming the true gold standard in handheld gaming thanks man and stay well we have kind of talked about this a little bit before and i don't like i yes um Long and short answer, I do think there's a possibility that the Steam Deck or the Steamer, as we call it around here, um, becomes the gold standard in handheld gaming. But there's a caveat on that. First of all, I've talked about this with the Steamer before. I'm not entirely sure who they're targeting with the Steam Deck. Are they going after people like me that wanna play some PC games but are scared of PCs? Or are they going after PC gamers that are like, we'd like to take these games on the go because of a majority, at least of the comments we've had in our community, have been from non-PC gamers that are more interested in it than PC gamers themselves. So, I mean, it's selling like crazy for now. We'll see if it's still selling in a couple of years. I think it will be as long as they aren't blowing up or something. I think it's a great-looking piece of tech. I do want to get my hands on one eventually. Uh, I've been quite vocal that my primary reasoning for wanting a Steam Deck is for Game Pass on the go without having to fucking stream. Um, But we'll see. I'm going to wait till they're a little bit more readily available before I pick it up. To answer your question, do I think it has a shot of becoming the gold standard in handheld gaming? I I do in the sense of like I I could see it kind of kind of doing to nintendo what the playstation did to the nintendo 64 and it didn't kill nintendo but they were like hey look like this is what happens when and for the record i'm a nintendo fanboy all right so like when i diss nintendo i do it out of love but like i could see the steam deck being like this is what happens when the grown-ups make a handheld console because as i love my switch i love nintendo if i could only keep one console it'd be my switch but like it's you know it's a little underpowered there's the marios and zeldas but you're not getting call of duty and madden and stuff like that on it um so i could see the steam deck becoming the playstation of the handheld gaming in theory at least it could but i don't think nintendo's ever going anywhere i think you said they've got mario they've got zelda they've got pokemon uh they're they're not going anywhere but i could see them almost becoming like a niche product again we'll see i, I mean like i am hoping that nintendo watches what the steam deck does over the next couple of years and then whenever they release their next switch they take inspiration from the steam deck and bring the heat that's that's uh, that's the best case scenario in this out of in my opinion but do i think the steam deck has a shot at becoming the gold standard in handheld gaming i really do um, I really do so thanks for writing in Mark and thank you for the support my friend uh, Matt last name I can never pronounce wrote in Matt D wrote in and said as a fellow Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle diehard fan I've been rewatching some of the shows when I can find them I tried to watch the newest show that's out on Netflix Rise of the Ninja Turtles it's called I believe have you seen it? it's not good they made Splinter into a fat lazy slob what the hell I went back to the original 87 series instead uh, yeah I don't care for Rise of the uh, Ninja Turtles I am a diehard turtles fan I think the 87 cartoon is great I think the 03 cartoon cartoon is the best one the 2012 cartoon the computer animated one if you've never watched it don't sleep on it i think people write it off because it looks childish it like O3 is my favorite but 2012 is probably the best of the animated series and yeah i didn't care for rise the big beef i had with rise wasn't that they just made lee or made uh, splinter into a tub it was that they made raf into the leader and like i know at the end of the second season they made leonardo into the leader but then the show just ended but like i hated that i'm a traditionalist leo leads Raphael is cool, but rude. Don't fuck around with the rules. So I didn't, I didn't, that's my big beef. So yeah, I don't, I don't care for rise of the turtles and I don't think it, I think that's why I didn't fucking last very long. Uh, thanks for writing in, Matt. Joel LeBlanc wrote in and said, uh, let's suppose I gave you all the money you need, make your own game. What is the genre, the story, the characters and the cover you can choose an existing franchise. Um, I mean like if you really made me sit down and think about this, maybe my answer would change, but off the top of my, cause I, I'd love to do a zero. I'd love to do a Mario RPG 2. Uh, I'd love to do twisted metal. But if I could make my own game and I have free, you know, free reign and all the money I need, I'm making a Ninja Turtles Arkham City style game. And it's not gonna be a shitty one like they've done in the past. It's gonna be fucking beautiful. Next gen, maybe multiplayer online with all four turtles, and each turtle has different abilities and handles differently, and you can go back to the den in the sewer anytime you want and switch out the turtles. Uh, that's what I would do. And um, you know what? I'd even have there be like a twist and fucking maybe like instead of shredder and krang being the final enemies maybe somebody else comes along maybe the some like the rock soldiers come in or maybe baxter stockman or maybe the 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 rat king shows up or so i guess you could add them all in as like side quests and stuff like there'd be tons of side quests at collectibles um that that's it that long and short that would be my answer and a fucking adult gritty kick-ass triple a next gen ninja turtles game and the cover would just be the four ninja turtles but donatello would be at the front because he is the best of the four turtles thank you very much thanks for writing in joel mercy my friend uh zetrox369 wrote in now i'm not gonna lie to you zetrox i wrote i, I cut most of your comment out just because it was kind of long and i was trying to get as many comments in as i could but i did read it and thank you very much for the kind words uh zetrox i appreciate it i just wanted to get to the end of uh zetrox's comment here um they said anyway I'm excited to officially be a hot dog and my favorite podcast moment so far is the story of a certain ex-podcast hall of famer whose dad composed a song of some sort for their local sports team anyways keep up the good work dude I that made me laugh so fucking hard if anyone is newer to the show and doesn't know uh one of my regular guests on the show is Mark McHugh he's a fellow comedian of mine a good buddy or a fellow comedian and a good buddy of mine he's not a comedian of mine a fellow comedian and a good friend of mine uh but he's a former hall of famer because he insisted that we cover Mario Was missing and I hate that game and kicked him out of the Hall of Fame for it but uh, go back and listen to our Super Mario Strikers episode from a couple of months ago Uh, we talked about Mark's dad writing the official anthem for Canada's soccer team for the World Cup And never being used because Canada didn't score a goal. And I almost died on air laughing so fucking hard at that story. That story has become probably the most infamous moment in the history of this podcast. So that made me laugh. When you first comment in, you wrote in to tell me how much you liked the show, which was nice. And then you were just like, I also love that this fucking song almost killed you. So I I highly recommend If you've not heard it yet, even if you don't care about Mario Strikers, that episode is worth a listen. Just to catch the beginning part of that story between me and Mark McHugh fucking hilarious. Uh thanks Etrucks. Welcome to the community, buddy. Uh Richter Soros wrote in and said if you could remake any of your worst game picks, what would it be? That's a good question, Richter. I so the three that popped into my mind were Mario was missing Echo the Dolphin and Majora's Mask, which I fucking hate. Uh I'm not going to remake Mario's Missing cuz that's kind of Luigi's Mansion. They did that. And I'm not going to remake Majora's Mask because there's already a lot of Zelda games. I think, you know what? Maybe this is going to shock some people, but like as much as I despise Echo the Dolphin, uh, I'm going to remake Echo the Dolphin and make it into something good because like that should be a fun game. Dolphins are cool animals and, or mammals or whatever the fuck they are. And you swim on it and you're underwater and it's gorgeous and everything like that. That game just licks all the ass. Uh, we have covered it here on the podcast a couple years ago in the archives. I think it's in the eighties, episode 85 or something, if you're interested. Um, but yeah, I would remake echo the dolphin and I just make it into something that doesn't suck. Be, <laughs> plain and simple. Thanks. Uh, Richter source for writing in, uh, MC Accio wrote in and said, do you like Kit Kat bars? If you do, how do you eat a Kit Kat bar? The community can answer this question as well. I want to prove something to a friend. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I fucking, I haven't met a chocolate bar. I don't like man. I'm a piggy and I eat my Kit Kat bars like a human. I fucking break them into four and then I eat them one at a time. If you want to just take a big bite out of a Kit Kat bar, then you go with the Kit Kat Chunky, which is also fucking incredible chocolate bar. But if I mean a standard Kit Kat, you break it into four twigs and then you just inhale these shovel swigs in your mouth as fast as you can get them in there. Man, when we were in Japan a few years ago, they had Kit Kat bars of like every flavor under the sun. It was fucking unreal. And it was, I was in heaven. God, I love Japan so much. And I do like Kit Kat bars. Uh, Thanks for writing in MC. Finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And I bent my Wookiee. Wrote in and said, hello, Mr. Blank. With all the classic game collections dropping this year, like Sonic, Capcom, Ninja Turtles, et cetera, what other games would you like to see in a classic collection bundle? Personally, I'd love to see a Mortal Kombat collection. Um, that's a, yeah, actually, Mortal Kombat. Like, I don't particularly care about Mortal Kombat. You Maybe you don't know, but I'm not a big fighting game fan, but I think Mortal Kombat's a great pick. Uh, what fighting game collect, or what game, what classic game collections would I like to see? Now, I'm going to keep in mind that I'm not going to say, like, Mario. I'm not going to say... Donkey Kong Country. I'm not gonna say Zelda, uh, because they have all kind of been released already on you know Nintendo Online and stuff like that. Um, as much as I'm a fairweather RPG fan, I really think that's the obvious answer. Like I think a sixth, like a Square Enix. Uh, sixteen-bit package like Final Fantasy two, three, or four, six on this whatever you want to call them. But the two Super Nintendo Final Fantasies, maybe with Final Fantasy five in there, maybe Chrono Trigger, like that. Like, dude, you could package Final Fantasy four, Final Fantasy six, and Chrono Trigger in a fucking compilation package, and you could sell a thing for fifty bucks. And I know a bunch of you listening to this are like, fuck that, it would sell. And if you don't think it would sell, you are fucking lying to yourself. So, like, I'm frankly shocked they haven't done that. So that, to me, seems like the most obvious one. I still think packaging up the OG Pokemon games would fucking print money, too. If you release, like, red, blue, yellow, gold, silver. I don't remember what the third one in that generation was. Diamond. Whatever. But, like, if you fucking, like, release those in a package, like, add a little bit. Just add online and sell them. You could sell those in a package. Um, And, frankly, I still think that might happen. So... Those are two that jump out to me. If you're asking me personally which one I would love, I'd like to see Battletoads. Take all the old Battletoads games, put them in a compilation and drop them. I don't think it'll ever happen. But I never thought the Ninja Turtles one... The Ninja Turtles one is the one that I want. To see the classic Ninja Turtles games in a collection, that's the one I'm after. I'm also very excited about the Sonic one. I own Contra. I own Castlevania. I, I own both Castlevanias. I own all the Mega Mans. Like, I love buying up those classic collections and Ninja Turtles is the one. So... um, Yeah, the RPGs would be cool. Battletoads would be cool. Oh, dude. A Mario Sports Collection. Take the GameCube Mario Sports games and just throw the four of them on one fucking... Just just Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, Mario Soccer, and uh, which one am I forgetting? Mario Baseball. Take those four games, put them in a package with online. Full price. I'd buy it. No fucking question in my mind. That would be sick too, but... Now that we're getting Ninja Turtles, Battletoads is probably the one that I would personally like to see the most. I've said it before. I say it on Game Patch every time one of these compilations comes out. Keep them coming. Make sure they don't suck, and I'll keep fucking buying them because I'm a sucker for all that retro gamey goodness. Uh, thank you so much for the question, my Wookie. Thank you to all of you that wrote in. We're getting up to like 50 or 60 comments a week, and I only read like six. Um, so it's getting harder and harder to choose, but thank you. I do read them all personally. And, uh, I really appreciate, especially those of you that just write in and be like, Hey, I just really enjoy your podcast that, that warms my, uh, my chubby heart. So thank you very much, but let's change things up. We got to keep the show moving. Let's get to the official game show of remember the game industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third game is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, and this time around, we're talking arguably the PlayStation 1's most iconic RPG, si- I, would it, like is it even arguable like I don't even know if I would say that like maybe you don't think Final Fantasy 7 is the best RPG in the PlayStation and that's fine but like I don't think it is arguable I think that Final Fantasy 7 is the most iconic RPG on the PS1 but anyway uh we're talking PlayStation RPGs so I dropped three more of them into the hot seats we've got Legend of Dragoon Suikoden 2 and Vagrant Story and 38% of you voted to play and remake Legend of Dragoon and erase Vagrant Story which is not what I would do but for what it's worth I've played about five hours of and two, and I've never touched Legend of Dragoon or Vagrant Story. So my opinion here is about as worthwhile as a low-level Spoonie Bard. (laughs) So I I know nothing, all right? Uh, But let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Oh, and I just wanted to point out, too. I see you fucking crumb bums coming into my comments section, putting first time long time at the beginning of your comments when you're writing every week. I fucking know Who's actually first time, long time, and who's long time, many time, but playing to be proclaiming to be first time, long time to try to get read on the show? I fucking see it, and you're all on double secret probation for fucking doing that. As is Master VV, who wrote in. Master VV has been a patron of the show for quite a while. Doesn't write in too often, and that's fine. I have no beef with people that just listen from the shadows. That's great, but Master VV decided to write in to play one remake, one erase, one this week, and all they said was, "quote." I got nothing. End quote. Your fucking handle is Vivi. You're named after one of the most iconic characters in RPG history on the PS1. And I na- I took three PlayStation 1 RPGs that everyone's... O- I'm spitting all over my desk here. I took three PlayStation 1 RPGs that all you fucking RPG nerds are always like, Oh, well, you should really play this one. The experience the grinding of the HP and the magic points is something spectacular and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm thinking if anyone is going to come in and bring the heat, it's somebody whose literal fucking username is after Vivi. The Black Mage from Final Fantasy Nine, that little wiener that everybody loves. And all you said is, I got nothing? You're damn right you got nothing. Because you're on triple secret probation for fucking wasting our... Oh, fuck. I saw that and I was like, there's no way I'm letting that go. I'm going to light Vivi up. Fucking Vivi. Ah, anyways fortunately a few of you actually wrote in and decided to play one remake one and erase one as per the rules edridge fpv wrote in and said this was a good thinker uh no one's ever described anything i've done as a good thinker before uh place weekend in two is it's a classic i feel it just needs to be re-released remake legend of dragoon it had some good and bad but overall it was pretty good and erase race vagrant story i've attempted to play this multiple times but i never ended up finishing it i have nothing to add to that that is a that's just sound logic i have no beef with that well played edridge well played anthony jordan wrote in and said i'll play vagrant story i haven't heard of this game until today but the cover seems sweet i like that logic remake legend of dragoon for sure i've never played this game fully and i used to watch my older brother grind through this gem i still have my copy from the before times long long ago i guess to play by the rules i will act in 2 same logic as the play option i never played it so if it's gone oh well remember to buy armor brand hot dogs now listen you would have gotten red on the show because because I liked your logic for play remake in a race but throwing in that just random remember to buy armor brand hot dogs simpson's quotes baby that's the that's the fucking that's dropping a simpson's quote into your fucking and I don't want everyone just doing this but dropping your simpson's quote into your comment on this show is akin to slipping the fucking um the bellhop $5 at the hotel or whatever like that's that's you're going to get on well done uh flabbergaster Rodan and said, I got to play Suikoden two. It's not as good as Vagrant Story and it's so much better than Dragoon. I'm going to remake Vagrant Story because it's awesome and could be brought to life with modern stuff. It's also miles ahead of Legend of Dragoon. Erase it because it is a piece of shit. That's a hot take because I thought people thought Legend of Dragoon was like one of the greatest RPGs of all time. But apparently Flabbergaster thinks otherwise. I bet you there's somebody flabbergasted by that comment fair enough i respect the hot the spiciness uh doralingus wrote in and said remake legend of dragoon that game is updated or that game with updated graphics and mechanics would be phenomenal it maybe would even sell well enough to get us a sequel finally play in 2 that game for me is absolute perfection and erase vagrant story this game was a lot of fun back in the day but if one's got to go it's the weakest of the three sorry it's chopped i gotta say like i have no beef with your logic doralingus but it fucks with me so hard when you guys put remake and then play like when you guys change the order up, I like my simple mind is just like wait what 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 what. what? But all right, I got you. So you're gonna remake Dragoon, place It in a race vagrant story. All right, fair enough. Brent Scott, a couple more here, and we'll wrap this up. Brent Scott said, since this is a PS1, play one, remake one, erase, one has to parts to be based on graphics. I'll play Suicided 2. I've never played it, but it looks interesting. Most importantly, it's stuck to sprites, so it does not need a visual overhaul. It's actually a rock-solid point. Remake Vagrant Story. It had a promising weapon deconstruction and reconstruction system that could benefit from a tutorial a second time around and advance through areas more like Metal Gear Solid while taking advantage of the 3D environments. Plus, the character models could use a facelift from PS1 polygons and then erase Legend to *Drag* some of the selling points from that game can be found in breath of the wild three or the record of Agarest war games <laughs> you had me until the last sentence of your fucking uh logic brent and then it just that you fucking you went full professor frank with the well we could get rid of dragoon because the same uh <laughs> the, the same uh mechanics could also be found in breath of the wild three or record of Agarest war games like <laughs> So I, (laughs) I fuck, this is the nerdiest, like, I don't know that much about RPGs. So whenever we talk RPGs, I'm just like, I feel like Bart riding his bike to the observatory with the fucking super friends, just fucking nerds. I respect your nerdness. I'm a nerd too, but you fucking nerds. Speaking of nerds, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle wrote in and said, "Place play in 2. It's perfect as it is. Remake Legend of Dragoon. The timing windows on the additions is kind of rough. Just some polish would, ele- or would elevate this game even more. Erase Vagrant Story. Sucks to do it, but I can't erase the other two. That wasn't nearly as edgy as I thought it was going to be, Keegs, but fair enough. Uh, a whopping 15% of you. Took the same tactic to this as I did this week, including David Phillips, who wrote in and said, this one hurts. I'm going to play Legend of Dragoon. It's very unique, and I love the defense options. Uh, I love... The defense option does something rather than just being a waste of a turn remake vagrant story it's a wonderful game but the slow menu loading really drags the game on when you're switching weapons every single room and the ps1 graphics could certainly use an update erase it in 2 i do love this game but something has to go i just wish it didn't have to be this now i'm not gonna lie to you my logic for why i'm playing one remake one and racing one is completely different from yours david because i have no idea about any of these mechanics you're talking about but i would go in the same order of you i would play legend of dragoon because people keep fucking asking me to do it and if i race it i'm afraid i'll catch holy hell plus i hate erasing games i've never tried so i'm gonna play legend of dragoon i'm gonna remake vagrant story simply because i've played suikoden and i don't really get it um so i've played it so i'm gonna erase suikoden i'll explain that in a second and more people ask me to play legend of dragoon than vagrant story so i'll remake it just kind of out of default and yeah i'm gonna race suikoden too and i have absolutely no beef with this game i've just tried it i haven't tried the other two so i gotta get rid of the one that i've at least given a chance to before so there you go. Thank you to everyone that wrote in this week. Fucking play one, remake one, erase one. Just keeps growing. What have I been playing over the last seven days? And then we'll get into Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy Tactics, as I've been talking about for weeks. That's going to be our game for episode 200 on June 1st. I'm still not going to tell you what I think of it. You're going to have to wait for the podcast to come out. Uh, I've been playing Tunic on Xbox Game Pass. It is a very almost like a remade Link to the Past, but a lot harder. And you're a fox. You're, you look like Link if he was a, a furry. Um, he's like a Fox with it, but like with the green tunic and the sword and shield and everything. And, uh, I'm really digging it. I'm probably going to do a review of it on expansion pass when I'm done, but I'm really, really enjoying that game. Uh, and then I fired up Pokemon gold and I know I said it wrong, but it's, I do it just to irk you guys. I'm playing Pokemon gold, uh, because we'll be covering that on the podcast here in the next few weeks. I've never played gen two of Pokemon. And, uh, if you want to know what I think of it, you're gonna have to wait for the fucking podcast as well. That's what I've been playing. Let's talk Final Fantasy 7 That's why you're here. Normally, we get 15, 20 comments when I ask our listeners to share their memories of a game. We had over 50 this week. Final Fantasy 7 that's an important fucking game. So if you didn't get read, I'm sorry, but I read all of them. Let me rip through a few of these before Daniel and I hog the microphone. Ben Buliu wrote in and said, "I never played this game as a kid, so I don't have any nostalgia for it. I ended up playing it right at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was hoping it would last me through the whole two-week pandemic. Oh, I remember those days? Uh, I ended up loving this game. The characters and especially the world building are excellent, and I ended up completing the remake as well. It quickly became a top three Final Fantasy for me, and I can't wait for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. I can. I mean, it's not a top three Final Fantasy for me, but holy fuck, do I agree that I can't wait for Remake Part Two? Fuck me, I can't wait for that." Nigaduck wrote in and said uh bought this when it first came out when I was in college played the hell out of it got everything then never touched it again I love final fantasy tactics and but tried and but tried final fantasy 8 and couldn't get into it uh, oh, maybe 8 and 9. But try Final Fantasy 8 and couldn't get into it. This was my last Final Fantasy after starting with 2 and 4 on the SNES. Came back to it after I heard your remake episode. And man, the blocky characters did not age well. But watching Cloud spin his blade at the end of the battle brought back so much nostalgia. My plan is to play the remake this year. Also want to try 9 after all the good things. Okay, so I don't know what you meant after. I love tactics. But but anyway, um, yeah, dude, I, like, I could take or leave Final Fantasy 7 as far as playing it today. But the, the nostalgia for this game is like almost unparalleled like the music alone you heard it off the top you're gonna hear more in a minute oh my god dark squall Rodan it said, this game will always have a special place in my heart. It's the very first RPG I ever played. I got a PlayStation and this game for Christmas when I was a kid. Unfortunately, my parents didn't realize you need a memory card for the original PlayStation. I played through the first couple hours of this game probably 30 times before finally getting a memory card. Ah, the memories. Dude, can we all just agree that no more memory cards is maybe the greatest thing about modern gaming? Because it feels like every time we bring up a PlayStation 1 game, I get at least one comment from somebody that was like, I didn't have a memory card, so I just played the tutorial level over and over. And our fucking parents just didn't know. Uh, Carlos Ortega wrote it and said, Final Fantasy 7 is one of my favorite games from the PS1. I remember seeing the commercials for this game and going out and buying it. The only other Final Fantasy game I played before this one was Mystic Quest, which was very basic. Yeah, I've never played Mystic Quest, but my understanding is, yeah, Final Fantasy 7 is a little bit beefier than fucking Mystic Quest. And finally, Strife 89. Wrote in and said, I think my username and profile pic say this already, but this is my favorite video game of all time. The first game I purchased for my PlayStation, which hooked me on the Final Fantasy franchise. I love the characters, the badass villains, and the entire story sucked me in as a kid. And I think that's a lot of us, like anyone that grew up with this game, whether you like it or not, like it's it's so influential and it's so important. And the music and the graphics and the characters in it it's fucking final fantasy 7 let's talk about it that's why you kids are here i've rambled long enough let's get into final fantasy 7 my buddy daniel and i are going to look back at it before that i'm going to cue up some music and when it stops we are going to take another look at the iconic final fantasy 7 which originally released in north america for the ps1 on september 7th 1997 enjoy the podcast everybody let's go So, joining me via the blank phone this week is a uh, a good buddy of mine, one of my oldest chums, one of the mods, one of the power the, the the mad with power mods over in our Discord. Uh you may know him as Stupid Monkey. I know him as my buddy Daniel. How's it going, man?
1: Uh, pretty good, buddy. How about
0: you? Um I think I'm good. I like listen, we were just talking about this off air. Um I'm a little nervous about this episode. This is one of those games. This is just like when we did Pokemon. When we covered Pokemon Red and Blue, I said, no matter what we talk about, somebody is going to yell at me for not bringing something up. And that's exactly what fucking happened. And I'm a million percent sure that's going to happen this time. So I'm just getting it out there right now. I got two disclaimers I want to throw at everybody before we start. Number one... This is like a 45-minute to an hour-long discussion. We are not going to cover everything in this fucking game, I promise. So if we forget to bring up your favorite Materia or your favorite minigame or Kate Sith as a whole because he fucking sucks. That is not on us. We ran out of time. And number two, uh, uh what was the second point I was going to make? Oh, right. Uh, we are going to spoil some stuff. There's one, and Daniel, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's one pretty iconic moment in this video game, and... Uh, You've all been warned. If by some fluke you've never played or had Final Fantasy VII spoiled for you, we are going to spoil it. So maybe just listen to one of the other episodes. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I think that's fair, yeah. Okay. So first of all, we can talk about the big iconic moment in this game, and that is the moment where if you play your cards right, you get to go on the Gold Saucer date with Barrett. Uh,
1: I haven't been able to get the date with Barrett. You haven't? Nope. Me neither. uh, I almost always get Tifa. Uh I've had Aerith a couple times. And uh, uh you know what? actually just gonna cut in. Do you go with Aerith or Aerith?
0: Oh yeah, fuck. That's the other thing. Um I know that it's like technically Aerith with T H on the end, but I don't give a fuck. I played this game back in high school and she was Aerith, and she will always be Ares to me. So yeah, see, either I what first, do you go like with? Either's acceptable, but
1: what- yeah, I, I always go with Aerith. And, and, and like, ever since I heard that, like it just sounds more right to me. Okay. Uh, You know, I'm not going to make fun of you. I'll make fun of you for how you pronounce Mako or Mako later, but you know, we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, I... You know what? Okay, so, like, uh, let's just fucking... You know what's nice about covering this game compared to some of the lesser-known games on the show? Some of the lesser-known games, I feel like we do need to spend 10 or 15 minutes kind of setting the table and explaining the groundwork for the game. Uh, If by some... This is one of those games where, like, I've learned my lesson about saying everyone that's listening to this has already played this because every single time I say that, I get at least one, like, I've never played it message. Um, So maybe not all of you have played Final Fantasy VII, but I am willing to lay money that there's not a single person listening to this episode that doesn't know about this game. Like, every, like, (laughs) and, like, the thing is, dude, is, like, some people think it's overrated. Some people think it's underrated. Some people think it's the greatest RPG ever, the greatest game ever, blah, blah, blah. We'll get into all that, but, like... This, and I hope what I'm saying here makes sense. This is one of those like rare games where like everybody knows it. Like it's it's, and I truly think like I truly feel that way. Everybody knows this game.
1: No, this this was a cornerstone game. I mean, it it it's it's what it's what set up the PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, it's also what ended uh, Square and SquareSoft.
0: Yeah. Like uh, I would argue, like. I don't think this is an exaggeration. And I'll be honest. I I don't know if I think this game is overrated, but I don't like it as much as some people do. But I will say that, like, I, I would put this game in the same conversation as, like, Super Mario Brothers and Doom as far Absolutely. as, like, the most influential video games ever made. Ever. Absolutely. And it's Without not... A- uh, right? And it's not because it's the first Final Fantasy. And it's not because, as far as I'm concerned, it's not the best Final Fantasy. It's just... it's it's It's, it's like you said, like... You could make an argument for Metal Gear Solid. You could maybe make an argument for like Resident Evil. Maybe Crash Bandicoot, I guess. But like when I think of the PlayStation, like Final Fantasy seven is like that, that's, that's it, the
1: well, game. We buy it. Well, the, I bought it, and then yeah. I was talk, talking talking to, to some family members, They're like, "Oh, we have a PlayStation <laughs> that we don't use. Why don't we just give you ours?" So I went and returned uh, my PlayStation. I'd gotten the free copy of Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, and this is when they just, you know, when you got a free thing, they just gave you one from the box behind the counter. They didn't scan it in. So they're like, uh, well, the game's yours. So oh, I got
0: free. Wait, wait, wait. So you bought a PlayStation that came with a free copy of Final Fantasy VII, then returned your PlayStation, but they let you keep the free video game? Yep. Jesus. Was it a, Was it at GameStop, EB Games, whatever? No, this, uh, it was at Superstore, actually. Ah, Superstore. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I was gonna say, like, no wonder GameStop's fucking going out of business. Jesus Christ! They just gave away fucking copies of Final Fantasy for free. But okay, it was Superstore. All right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I actually
1: I know three people that got free copies of this game for a similar, but not quite the same reasons.
0: That's insane, dude. Holy fuck! Like, and that's yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like, and, and I get that you guys got it for free, but like, that's what I'm talking about when I say Final Fantasy VII belongs in that class with like Super Mario Bros. and stuff like that because like. The, the PlayStation existed before Final Fantasy 7 and it had great games before Final Fantasy 7 and everything like that. But like this is the like I want to know how many I would lo- and you'll never know. I would love to know what percentage of PlayStation 1 owners bought that console to play Final Fantasy 7. Like, I would love to... Because it's got to be massive. And this is not a gaming history podcast. Many of you know that. I don't get too into the, you know, the fucking behind-the-scenes interweavings of the fucking video game world. But, like, Final Fantasy was a Super Nintendo IP. Like, that's where Final Fantasy was. And then when the Nintendo 64 went to cartridges, they are like, Final Fantasy seven is going to be, like, 3,000 cartridges. So then it went over to PlayStation to be on CD. Like, it cannot be under- understated just how big of influence this game had. Like, I would argue that the final fantasy seven is the reason PlayStation destroyed the Nintendo 64 as hard as it did. And Nintendo never recovered from that. I know they're killing it right now. I love Nintendo, but PlayStation like them or not have been the Kings of gaming for like 25 years. And it all yep. goes back to this game. And look at that case in point, a whole bunch of your friends. I know they got them for free, but they were, I'm sure they were buying playstations to play final fantasy seven, right? Like yep. fucking unbelievable, yeah. man. Anyways, Okay, so okay, so we agree, we disagree on Aerith's name already. I wanted to ask you, uh do you like Aerith? Aeris? I I can't fucking I can't fucking stand her. So I'm curious. No, I,
1: I never never liked her I found her annoying I found her annoying to all end in this game. Uh, you know what? I am glad that she wasn't around I never used her come the end of the game for obvious reasons, yeah. and I was very okay with that.
0: Yeah, me too. I don't know if that's a popular take or not, but like like by far like, I'm just like, you know, at least of your party members, like, are we in agreement that Kate Sith is the worst one? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. If, if I had
0: to pick between
1: either taking Kate Sith or Aerith, I'm taking Aerith. Sure. But okay. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sith is the that's, fucking that's
1: worst. The, that's the exception.
0: Sith is the yeah, fucking. Kate Sith is absolutely useless. Oh my God. I fuck. And the thing is, is like, why couldn't it just, so like again I'm not most episodes I try to set the table I'm just expecting that you know something about Final Fantasy 7 this week if you're listening to this and if by chance you don't this is one of our revisited episodes you can go back to like I don't remember now episode 9 or 10 where we first covered Final Fantasy VII, and then we'll probably give you a little bit more of the lay of the land of the story and everything. I just want to get, like, we're on time. I want to get right into the characters and everything. By far, Kate Sith is maybe the worst character in any Final Fantasy game ever. And the thing about it is, like, the character story is, like, moderately cool. Like, that it was, like, controlled by, you know, was it one of the Turks? I think it was one of the Turks controlled Kate Sith. Or was it just uh, another and- Shinra? yeah uh, it was reeve so he was one of the the board members right he was, was one, guy. right thank you so like yeah. like that's kind of neat i guess but like why couldn't it have been like a cooler looking character or why couldn't one of the Turks have just joined you or like that. Imagine if like one of the Turks had, had secretly joined you instead or something like that, as opposed to this crappy. And I guess maybe they like part of it was they were like, well, we can use them as like a sacrificial lamb because if you kill them, it doesn't matter. Cause another Kate's is going to come along. But like, I just hate, I hate, I hate the way that, the character plays. I hate the way it looks. I hate the way it talks. I hate everything about the, the only character I put in the same discussion as them. Like that's, that's the Spoony Bard from Final Fantasy four, Edward. That's fucking quinoa or whatever the fuck that chef thing is in Final Fantasy nine. That's this character. And I don't understand why does final, why do Final Fantasy games always have to have a dud? Like why is it just to make the other characters look better? I don't get it. I, I, it fucking drives me crazy. I hate Kate Sit so much. Why couldn't that thing have been optional? Instead of <laughs> Yuffie and Vincent, why couldn't Kate Sit have been fucking optional?
1: That, well, that would have been good, except, you know, of course, he's required, you know, he's part of the story in so many parts, because the uh, the whole sacrificial thing is is uh, part of it, because that's how you get the black materia.
0: Sure, but you could yeah. have wrote around, that.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. Fuck but uh, I was, I know part of it is like the joke character is, is a very common trope in, in Japanese media. And I mean, it's a Japanese game.
0: I guess so. At the
1: You know, I'm as white as you get, but at the end of the day, this game was written by Japanese. It was, uh, you know, it's same with all the other final fantasies. It drew on a lot of Japanese inspiration for things. And, uh, like the whole, the whole setting, the whole, uh, industrialized bit was the whole it was based on the whole industrialization of japanese culture thing i
0: just fucking hate him like even if like when you when he dies to get the black material like why couldn't he have killed him off and then have like reeve or somebody fucking show up like i anyway um i'm trying to think like so i don't like kate sith i i don't like i get why Aerith is so important eris but like i don't like her i'm glad that she died like I yeah. fucking can't stand her. And in the remake, which I don't really want to get into the remake. I want to talk about the base game, but like now that she has a voice, like I hated her even more. Like oh, I've always been I'm, a Tifa guy. Like, and it's, oh, I'm not talking actually, like sex appeal or anything. Like, listen, like, of course we all know they're hot. Like that doesn't matter. Like they sexualize yeah. like half the characters in these games. That's not the point. I just think Tifa is cooler. Like, I think she's a better story. I like the childhood friend. She's a badass. Like, Tifa's fucking... I would go as far as say say Tifa's, like, one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters ever. She's awesome.
1: No, i I, I get behind that. Um, she's my favorite in this game. She's uh, not- It's always a toss-up, depending on the day you ask me. It's either Tifa or Sid.
0: Yeah, Sid's my favorite by a mile. Sid, dude, like, just the Sid in this game is the best Sid in any Final Fantasy. And for my money, the Sid in this game is my favorite character in any Final Fantasy. I fucking, I adore that man. He is just a crusty, bitter old fucking pilot with his giant spear. And he can fucking call in airships to bomb people. And then when cloud fucking gets sick or whatever, they make Sid the captain because everyone's like, well, at least he's like, we all respect him. He's fucking Sid. I, I love, it drives me crazy that he's the last guy to join your team because he's my favorite one in the game. I wish that we had him way earlier.
1: Yeah. One of the things I like, it. like, I mean, he, he covers a lot of my, two of my favorite things from Final, uh, both mine and your favorite one, the Final Fantasy IV, is he's the angry, he's a grumpy, angry mechanic, just like Sid in, in that one. And he's the, he's, the, he fills the dragoon role, the whole spirit jumping yeah. thing. Yeah. And that was, Kane was one of my favorite characters in that one, like just dragoons in general in Final Fantasy games. Yeah. And then the fact that he's the grumpy, swearing mechanic who, like, deep down is a good guy, and, and you know that, but, you know, he's still going to swear at everything and, and all that. Yeah. Uh, and on top of it, like, you know, it's nice. He owns up to it when he realizes that he was wrong. Like, the whole reason he was, you know, he got pissed off at what's-her-name. Uh, You know, she was right,
0: and he actually owns up to it and apologizes. His, uh, his wife or whoever she was, the one that, like, cost him his trip? Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing about Sid is like that's a great backstory, and I and I want to get into the backstories in this game because one of my like, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a beef with Final Fantasy VII. It's just that like I do think there's some, and I think most most fans would agree like it, when you're playing the original game, and this is before the spinoffs and the fucking movie and the remake and all that. Like there's some points in this story that are kind of lost in translation. Like there, I remember finishing this game back in high school and then being like. I don't quite, like, who the fuck is Zach? Like, what the fuck happened? here? Like, there's some things that are a little bit confusing in this game. And we'll get into that. But, like, Sid, his story makes complete sense. He wanted to be the world's first astronaut. Everything fell apart. He's really pissed off about it. Like, I, everything about him makes him a great character. And I don't know why I have such a, like, a fetish for this, but the fact that they make him the leader when Cloud leaves, I think that's what solidified him as my favorite. And I don't under, I really don't get what, tickles my fancy about that i just thought it was so cool like i just like because like barrett wanted to be the leader but everyone's like oh fuck off barrett who i'm gonna get into in a minute because i don't really like barrett either but like sid fucking sid's the man sid's the fucking best i love that guy um who would you say so we both agree that sid's our favorite and then uh tifa we both agreed is probably number two uh who would you say is your number three your third favorite character if you're rounding out your top three
1: Um, I of, I like I like Barrett.
0: do you like okay all right well go ahead then like so wh- uh like why do you like Barrett? I'll give you the floor I don't just dis- I don't hate Barrett like he's not Kate Sith I just he's middle of the pack for me but like why do you like Barrett so much? He's the big
1: loud angry guy that is he all his competence and and and, and the things he can do right are so hampered by his his personality and whatnot. Uh, you know, and he's the, he's the military guy that is kind of a screw up, but wants to do the right thing. Uh, I, al- I always liked that he just wanted to be a good dad.
0: He does. Yeah, that's a re- that's, yeah. yeah, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I think that's probably like, you know what? You know what it is that I don't like about Barrett? And this is going to sound really stupid considering we're talking about a fucking fantasy video game. I hate the gun arm. I don't know why. I just think that's so, like, who the fuck loses their hand and then says, give me a gun? Like, who, and what doctor is like, okay, like, that makes you, sure, like, what, that bugs me so much. It's just, like, I like Final Fantasy VIII, and don't yell at me. I know I'm in the minority. I like Final Fantasy VIII, but the gun blade is so stupid. A sword oh, a gun. I and I hate the idea that you took this, like, look at Barrett. Barrett is a very intimidating looking man to begin with. The dude is a fucking house. Like, he's Brock Lesnar in Final Fantasy. He's a goddamn beast. And then you put a fucking cannon on his arm. I don't know why yeah. that, but, And like, but he really wants to be a good dad. Well, how does he be a good dad? He picks his little girl up in his cannon arm. He, like, literally tucks her in with a fucking gun. It drives me fucking insane. <laughs> like, I just that's always been my beef with him. because I agree with you. Like, there's some great story there. He's got layers. He's like an onion. Like, I like that he wants to be a good dad. I like that he's trying to stick up for the planet, but I like that he gets so angry all the time and blah, blah. blah. Like, I'm, I'm down with all of that. I like the whole story with him and his buddy there who also fucking lost his arm and got a gun. Fucking put on it, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's just the gun arm that fucking drives me insane. It just feels so gimmicky. I I'm I don't know. I maybe I'm reading too much into it. I fucking hate the gun arm. Character wise, though, he's a good character. I, I'll agree with that. Yeah, no,
1: I I I think it's hilarious that you've got easily the most physically imposing guy, and he's the gun, and he's the he's the gun guy.
0: Exactly. Like fucking. <laughs> why couldn't hilarious. like. Give Kate Sith the fucking gun. Like, let his fucking robot body open up and have a gun in it. That would make total sense. I'd be like, sure. He's a weapon from Shinra. That makes sense. Not this fucking widower father who fucking wants to help his little girl. Like, ah, fuck. Anyways. I know. I'm going too far into it. But, okay. I can get on board with your logic. I I like your logic. Um...
1: Uh, Yeah. And then... uh... Um, after that, it's probably Vincent. Like, See, I'll, I'll admit, I, I know it's, it's dumb and whatnot, but I, I did like the, the grumpy loner aesthetic. I like the the armored arm.
0: I... Yeah. Okay. I can get on board with that. Vincent, Vincent's my number three. And it's funny because he's my... Le- I never use him in the game. I fucking... Oh, I, oh, I, because his yeah, limit, I, I, like, I, I, his oh limit goodness,
1: fucks goodness, you. And then I never use him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you go get him. And I... Dude, his story... That, like, he was this fucking, like, science experiment. He used to be a Turk and all that. Like, all of that, so badass. And he looks badass. And he's, like, cool as a cucumber. And that's all rad. But I hate his limit break because he turns into a monster that you can't control. And it just ends up, half the time it just ends up fucking you. Where he ends up healing the fucking opponent as opposed to hurting them. Drives me insane. So, like, he's my third favorite character, but I never fucking use him ever. Um, Yep. Who uh, haven't we talked about other than we'll save Cloud for last. Oh, Yuffie. Um,
1: yeah, and then yeah, you, then you honestly, Cloud is one of my le- uh my least favorite. He's probably my second least favorite after Kate
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Like he Yeah, I mean I don't okay I, just quickly, like if you got any hot takes on Yuffie, I think she's fine. I could live or die without her. Like, I don't really care. Yeah.
1: Yeah, i, I I'm indifferent. You know, the obnoxious teenager is it's a trope, and it's a trope that's there for a reason. It works. Yeah, it does. I just
0: don't care. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I
1: I, I, I never use her either.
0: No, me neither. Yeah, not really. Although I, I no, you know what? I was gonna say the Final Fantasy VII remake DLC. She's pretty rad in it, but I don't want to. w will stay away from that. We'll stick to the game. So then, is that is that every? I think. Oh, oh god! If we forget <laughs> someone, we're gonna take shit. But is all that left is Cloud?
1: Uh, and then Red Thirteen. I
0: just oh yeah! Whoo! Thanks, buddy. That would have been, uh, holy fuck, I can't imagine the emails I would have fucking gotten if we had forgotten Red 13. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh,
1: Red 13's best, dog, best doggy ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I, I like him. Uh, I don't know where I'd slot him in.
0: He'd probably be like, he'd probably be like right behind Vincent for me. He'd be in that 3-4 slot. I think Red 13s because I love animals. and Yeah. I like, he is like a wolf, right? He, he Yeah. He's like a coyote I'm, wolf thing. Yeah. Like he's a dog he, yeah, of some he's, kind.
1: Yeah. He's, he's some wolf thing. I mean, I'm, you know, he's something he lives for 500 years based on that end scene. So yeah.
0: he's like, he's, I look at him as like the splinter of the team. Like, yeah. I like, he's the only, like, I know they make Sid the number one after cloud leaves, but like, I could have lived with red 13 being number one as well. Just cause he's old yeah. and everyone like listens to him and respects him and he's experienced, um,
1: but he's not that old. He's he's the equivalent like he's uh, I think they say he's about fifty or so, but in in like his species years, he's the equivalent of a sixteen year
0: old. Right. Yeah. He's like a teenager by like his standards or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The the you know what wins me over with Red Thirteen is the very first time you run into him and he's like acting like he's gonna attack Eris and then afterwards he's like, Hey, sorry about that. I was just trying to fool him um yeah i just like i don't know what it is i just thought that was so i thought that was great writing i thought it was clever and i was like man what a cool character and like i just yeah. never i don't understand how anyone could have a beef with red Thirteen. like he just seems like such a he's just rad i just i'm a fan i like that guy a lot i can't believe we forgot oh my god thank you for catching that that would have been ugly and i knew yeah. there was somebody i'm thinking like there's got to be somebody we're forgetting um yeah. so then that that brings us to cloud and uh yeah. I, I kind of agree with you, but I want to hear what you have to say before I go off. Like, so you said he might be your second least favorite after Kate Sith? or about yeah. Ahead Kate, of Kate
1: have, Sith. The gap between the two. Kate Sith is really truly horrible.
0: Yes, he um,
1: is. But like, part of it's like just the way this story works in clouds. You know, like clouds. I don't want to say boring because like there's a lot to him, but he's kind of boring. He's just generic. Action, he's superhero, and then he's, you know, and then he has a small episode on it, and then he's back to being generic.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you, and, like, I know we're going to probably take some shit for this. Like, I don't hate Cloud. I think he's okay. But, like, and again, you've got to remember, too, like, if we're just talking the base game, I don't know, maybe I'm just dumb. I would like to know what you thought about this, but, like, all the flashbacks, like, the flashbacks of him like going with Tifa to the reactor and then finding out that it was, he wasn't him, but he was like a regular soldier and Zach was there. And then him and Zach went off and the Zach died and then he survived and whatever. Like I was thoroughly lost by the end of this game. When I played it back in like 1997 or whatever year it was, it came out and the other shit, like I didn't have all the other media and stuff. I didn't quite understand what all that was about. And once you throw all those layers into him, I think he's like, I'm like, all right, he's, he's kind of a cool character, I don't know what it is about him. I don't like to me. He just doesn't come across as likable. Like I'm like no. like Cecil in Final Fantasy Four, likable, and Terra in Final Fantasy Six. She's awesome. Like she's likable. Squall sucks. Squall in Final Fantasy Eight is worse than Cloud. Like Squall yeah. is fucking terrible. Uh yes. Zidane in Final Fantasy Nine. I love that kid. He's beauty. Titus is an annoying wiener, but at least he's like I'm. Like I, at least there's I get it. But, like, Cloud, like, and I guess maybe it's just kind of, um, you know, part of the, you know, a a product of the times. But, like, he just comes across as, like, too cool for school, but in kind of a boring way. Yeah. You know? And he has moments of brilliance. Like, there's moments about him that I really like. Like, I like how tender he can be when he's around Tifa. Like, and they talk about, like, their past um yeah and how vulnerable he can be sometimes and like let's let's call a spade a spade daniel the motorcycle escape from the shinra building is fucking badass like absolutely. that absolutely like, so, that... So,
1: like when, when when the 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 uh anima animation there kicks in and you see him on the bike like when it chiefer runs up it's like quick come this way and they're like where's cloud and it's coming and then you know the music kicks in and you see him like that is
0: that, that section is great. That's legitimately my single favorite moment in any Final Fantasy game. Is that that yeah. part where they're all in the back of the truck and fucking and then Cloud just takes off on his motorcycle with his fucking twelve foot long sword? That makes no sense in the world of physics, but I love it anyways. Like that's badass. But there's just I agree with you, man. I don't know why. I don't like. I don't hate Cloud. I just like he. He kind of comes across as just like, a, and I guess he is, but he comes across as like a moody teenager. And I'm just like, I would rather remove you from my party and roll a group of like, I would like to roll a group of Sid, Tifa, and Red 13. I'm like, I don't need you. But unfortunately, yeah. other than a short time when he's sick or whatever, you kind of have to have him in your fucking party. Yeah. And it drives me crazy, so. Uh, where do you stand on, on, uh, and we still have to talk about that fucking long-haired villain um, but where do you stand on Zach? Like, I don't, from this game, I don't, and then now I get it. I don't entirely understand Zach. I don't really care about him in this game. So
1: the game made me want to know more about Zach. Uh, like, you know, and I, I didn't quite get the story back then. I was like, especially replaying. I just replayed it uh, to get ready for this. Yeah. Uh, and you're know, like, I mean, I, I, I was closer than I thought I was. For for how I thought the story went, but like I mean, I missed things. Like there's one spot where you run into one of the towns and you uh, you run into Zach's parents, yeah, and they're like, you know, hey, do you know our do you know our son? Uh, like I mean, the whole Zach being Aerith's uh, first boyfriend, which I thought was dumb and had no real points.
0: Me too. Um, but that might just be personally speaking. That might be my anti aerith stance. That I just well, was like, I don't give a fuck who you dated. I hate you.
1: Well and I mean I like I think it was supposed to, I mean, I think it was supposed to push the whole because I mean the, the game and, and media is trying to tell you that, you know, Aerith was is the girl for, for Cloud and I, I heartily disagree. Yeah. But like I, I think it was kind of meant to be that, like, you know, hey, it's you know, it's but it was it was that that was the stuff. But I mean like Zach the game made me want to know more about Zach, like he owned where, where did he get the big sword from? And and then I know we find that out in some of the spinoffs, but in the game, like he had that, you know, for a guy that was as trained, well-trained as he was, like he was, you know, his best friend at team was just a common soldier. Yeah. You know, and, and...
0: He, like, I wanted, I feel like, I don't know, maybe they were under like time constraints or something, or maybe they ran out of room, I don't know. But like, I I feel like there could have been more there. Like, why couldn't there have been a couple hours of, like, playable flashback? Like, why couldn't you have, like, played? Like, I know that you do kind of play that part where you go to the reactor and stuff like that. But, like, I would have liked to have seen more of that flushed out. Like, really tell us who this Zach guy is. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, because I get that, like, some people think he's the coolest character in the whole franchise. And he's, like, very arguably, in some ways, kind of like the heart of Final Fantasy VII, right? Like, without ever really seeing or playing with him. Like, he's so important, well, but, like, I wish that they had done more with him. Because I really do. And, frankly, I think that it would make me li- have liked Cloud a little more back then, too, if I kind of more understood what was going on between him and Zach.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, like, all the, all the parts that you start to really like about Cloud, you realize they're all ba- are basically the parts that he appropriated from Zach.
0: Yeah, and like uh, maybe some people are gonna think I'm stupid, but like playing it the very first time, like I I thought Zach was like a like a made up alter ego of clouds. Like until you run into his parents and his parents are like, Have you seen him? And then I was like, Well what the fuck? So who is this guy? Like and right there, that would have been a perfect or like when he wakes up from his Mako poisoning or whatever and he fucking remembers it, like there would have been a like there could have been an opportunity to just give you a little bit more meat on the Zach bone. That's all. Um, but he's cool. Like I think he looks cool. I think he looks cooler with the black hair than Cloud does with the blonde hair. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And then of course there's Sephiroth, and I know some that, people think that's he's that's the greatest cool. villain like, in the history of Final fantasy. fantasy. What's that?
1: Uh, like, I, I I'm a, like I love Final Fantasy VII. It's my second favorite Final Fantasy game. I think it's become a bit overhyped. And, and it, it has the, the thing and you, you see it a lot in, in it's and not where, where you got somebody or something that starts to believe its own hype. Right. And I find Final Fantasy VII falls into that and nothing embodies that more than Sephiroth.
0: Yeah, dude. It's tricky because like, if you want to listen, if you want to, if you're listening to this or whatever, if you want to sit here and tell me that Sephiroth is the coolest villain in Final Fantasy history, I will like circle gets the square. I agree. Like, Sephiroth is pretty fucking cool. That scene with him standing in front of the fire and turning around and walking away, like, yep. I'm, no. I am a heterosexual man and that scene turns me on a little. Like, he is a badass. Like, that's that's dope. I just, like, to say he's the greatest villain ever, I'm like, Kefka's got something to say about that. I don't think Sephiroth is that evil. I think Sephiroth is just a mama's boy who's mad. Well, he, he just...
1: He's not the he, He's just insane, and not the 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 Joker or Kefka insane. He's just legitimate. And you're not even fighting Sephiroth. Like right? all the cool things that Sephiroth does in this are all like the 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 memories and the hallucinations and things. When you finally meet Sephiroth, he's half a body frozen in a crystal.
0: Sure, yeah, exactly. Like and like, listen before you start setting your hate mail and everything. For those of you that love Sephiroth, like I like him. I would put him. What? Like, quite frankly, Final Fantasy 4 is my, uh, that's my baby. Many of you know that. Same with Daniel. But, like, I, I think Sephiroth's cooler than than Golbez or any of the villains in Final Fantasy 4. Like, I like, oh, he's, I like he's Sephiroth. Neat. Like, he's, he's neat. And the thing about Sephiroth is, like, he looks like a legitimate threat. Like, with the long hair and that giant sword. And the one thing I really do like about that flashback to the reactor is just when you see how powerful he is. And that's back then. Like, with all his fucking materia and stuff like that. And you're like, this guy is a badass. And I get why, like, the whole planet's teaming up to try to stop him. I just, I I think you nailed it when you were talking about, like, believing your own hype. It's not that he's a bad villain or anything by any stretch. I just don't, like, I don't think he holds a torch to somebody like Kefka. Like, Kefka is, you nailed it, dude. Kefka is the Joker of Final Fantasy. And... And the Joker, as much as I'm a Marvel guy, the Joker is the greatest comic book villain of all time. Like, the Joker is magnificent. And so, like, it's not that I'm anti-Kefka, or pardon me, Sephiroth, but I'm just like, he's not, I'm sorry, but he's not Kefka. He's fine. He's a a second or third level Final Fantasy villain. Coolest Final Fantasy villain. There's a reason he's in Smash Bros and fucking Kefka or Golbez isn't. (laughs) Like, I get that. But I just, yeah, like, I, I almost choice. like I for almost sure. kind of feel bad for him sometimes. Like, I don't want to stop him. Like, I do want to stop him, but, like, I kind of feel for the guy. Like, I kind of want to just, like, give him a hug. Man, this game would be completely different if, uh,
1: if, if, if the, the world was more open to therapy like it is now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, people would be like, we don't need to go kill this kid in that crater. We need to just, like, fucking just take him out for lunch and talk to him. Like, the guy's you know been through I mean? some shit. Sephiroth never actually learned, because, I mean, he, he he realizes that he's just an experiment,
1: but he's he's not entirely. He's still, because he thinks he's just a, a clone or whatnot, or or tetube, but he was still an actual, like, Hojo's his actual biological father.
0: Yeah. Which makes it
1: hope that he hates Hojo.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I just, like, this is just me when it comes to comics, movies, video games, anything, I, I know some people like a villain that you can almost sympathize with. I I don't. Like most of my favorite villains are the ones where I'm like, you are like Kefka or like the Joker or like Carnage. No redeemable qualities. You're like, this yeah. is just a human piece of shit. Like those are my favorite villains because when I, I love anti-heroes like Venom. And so I'm not saying Sephiroth is an anti-hero, but he very easily could have been. And I'm like, I "I don't want to stop this guy. I want to convince him to work with us, you know? Yeah. Like, Shinra's the best. Like, again, just me. And maybe this is, man, I can just imagine the fucking letters, like the emails I'm going to fucking get over this episode. (laughs) But, like, I think it would have been cool if by the end of the game you teamed up with Sephiroth to stop Shinra. As opposed to, you almost team up with Shinra to stop Sephiroth because the whole world comes together to stop Sephiroth. But, like, I get that Sephiroth is more powerful than Shinra is. I just – anyway. Okay, I think we covered all the basic characters. I mean, like, is there any other – like, we still have to get into, like, the materia and and stuff like that. Is there any other characters that we didn't bring up that you – I think the Turks are cool. I don't have anything else to add to them. I just think they're cool.
1: I I always like the Turks in this, but a lot of my fondness for them comes from the other media.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like once they start getting like actual voice acting, like they almost come across as like a far more competent Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, like they're like, like they're charming. Like, I think they're just, I just think they're charming, cool characters that I, yep. I, I love the Turks. I, I fucking, I wish dude. Okay. So I wanted to get into this. Like you grew up playing this game just like me back in the early angel fire geo cities, internet days there were so many fucking rumors floating around on the internet about this game. Obviously the big one was whether or not you could revive Eris. Um, yeah, that, which,
1: that was debunked completely. It was, but, but it, like it, yeah, I have pulled up game code and there's absolutely no, no way of bringing her back. No,
0: but I will say, uh, I don't know about you. And it's funny cause I didn't like, I didn't hate her back then. Like I do now, but like I, I spent quite a bit of time pretty obsessed with those rumors. And just trying to see, like, is it possible? Is there really a way to do it? I still think it would have been cool. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you know. I'm fairly s- – can you do it in the Japanese version? No. No? Okay. Because there's
1: – I'm almost entirely positive you couldn't. Because there's, like, uh, because a, there's like the, the little
0: – There's just, like, the little things, like, when you see her in the church, like, that flat, like, that half a second of her the garden and stuff like that. And it yeah. just, it feels like it was something they thought about putting in the game and then changed their mind. And I don't, I don't know if that's the actual story or not, but, um, I think it would have been cool if you could. Having said that, I do think it's better for the game that you can't. I agree. Right? Like, yeah, that, I agree with that. and that, I know I joked off the top that the big moment was Barrett going on the date at the gold saucer, but it's obviously the moment that Sephiroth kills Aeris. And I feel yeah. for anybody that played this game already knowing that was coming, uh, because that is bar none. I don't know. Is that a top five shocking moment in the history of video games that like i it's iconic?
1: Because, I mean, you didn't have you had very few games that had like character death on that, or at least it was you know, it was cases where a character dies and is replaced by their twin brother that has exactly the same spells.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: um, But you know, like that was one of the first times where you had a character or something, uh, die like that. And, and it comes out of nowhere. Like, I mean, it's at that point in the game, you're, you're, she's, you're bigger. You're, she's generally your magic user. Um, She was easily the best for that because she was useless as an
0: attacker. Yeah, she was your she was absolutely like your white mage and everything, and she was really dude. Like I've never seen her limit break because like I just I didn't fucking (sighs) spend all the time in disc one grinding up to get her limit break. Yeah, but like they give you no inkling that she's gonna die. If you don't know, you could spend countless hours grinding away on her character only to like lose all that work. Yeah,
1: Um. and and. and because she was your most people's main healer. A lot of people did. I know I spent the, the time to, to level her up so that she would survive fights that so she could keep everybody healed. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and like, I mean, you're getting all the weapons and things for her. There's absolutely no clue that it's about to happen and that it comes out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, and I don't know why it hits so hard because, like, going, I'm not going to spoil the names of the characters in case anyone hasn't played it, but, like, characters die off in Final Fantasy IV like at random intervals, including a certain scene where somebody and again i'm trying to be as vague as possible to not ruin anything and i don't want to say any more about it because i give away who it is uh but a certain stone spell is cast to keep characters from getting crushed between walls and like that moment i was like what no but like you don't have the you don't have the 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 character in your party for like a whole disc like 15 hours of game or whatever that you've like Like to, this was like, I couldn't believe it. And like, I remember when it happened and I was like, well, at some point she's coming back. Right. Like at some point we're going to go down to the bottom of the water and get her or fucking something. Uh, no, you just never, what the fuck? Like I easily, one of the biggest, what the fuck just happened moments in the history of video games.
1: Um,
0: and I will say that like, I like, I, I love how blocky the characters look in the original Final Fantasy 7. Like how they look like they're made of cardboard boxes and stuff. But like. Oh,
1: I, I love that aesthetic. I, I, I still want to get those. I know there's the. Uh, you can get like those those polygonal figure thingies there. Yeah. I want to get
0: that. Dude, have you ever seen the picture of the. Uh, I, maybe there's more than one, but there were people at like a Comic Con or something. And they dressed as the characters from Final Fantasy 7, but in that like polygonal style. They look yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah, they look awesome.
0: Oh, they look so rad. But like so I love the way they look like that, but I also think it hits even harder when they go to the cutscenes where they look like real people. And like and there's two different kinds of like of the cutscenes. There's like the ones where they're like short and stocky and kind of cartoony looking, and then there's the ones where they look like beasts, like they look like real humans. And I think those moments hit even harder. And again, like that whole scene of Sephiroth coming down from the sky and stabbing Aeris, and then the Holy Materia falling into the water, and then Cloud releasing her into the water, and all of that. Um, I think it's it's magnificent. I truly think it's one of the coolest moments, not only in Final Fantasy, but like in video game history. And maybe that's uh, just because I'm so excited that Aeris is dead. I don't know, but like, <laughs> I, 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 that's a really cool. I, there's something about like. Listen, video games today are rad. You play Final Fantasy 15 and whether you like that game or not, I don't, but whether you like that game or not, like it looks really good the whole time. But there's something yeah. to be said for a game like Final Fantasy 7 where there's just instances where they look real and how much heavier those scenes hit because of it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, I mean that's, you know, uh one of I, I like stylized thing and some of that's my you know, my art training from the my first trip through college and whatnot. Uh, like that, one, that was one of the issues I have with Final Fantasy VIII. Is it just they took away all those stylizations and and tried to make things realistic, but it made it all kind of blur together. Whereas this one, you're right, it's you have the the different levels of cinematics and it really made those those uh, those, uh, those, those 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 bits hit so much harder.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, man, I okay. So like, I think. I mean, we've covered the basics of the story. We've covered the characters. Um, I mean, I guess we touched on the graphics. I don't have much to add about the graphics other than, like, I actually think they look pretty good. Like, obviously, they don't look like Final Fantasy VIII, which I agree with you. Like, I like Final Fantasy VIII, and I think it looks okay, but, like, it's almost a little bit boring at times to look at. Whereas, like 7 yeah. 7 looks almost kind of like a cartoon. I think 9. And it's not fair to compare Final Fantasy 7 to Final Fantasy 9. That's like comparing like Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario Brothers 3. Like they'd had the hardware for a while and everything, but like I like that more cartoony, less realistic looking vibe um that yeah. like Final Fantasy 7 has. Uh the other thing I wanted to say and I remember this from like playing it back in high school when it came out, especially growing up playing Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo so much. Um I think the battles, like, the combat scenes with, like, the big 3D characters and everything, like, and the different camera angles at different times and stuff like that, um, I – maybe I'm making too much out of it, but, like, I love the way the battles look in this game. I love it. The only
1: issue with that is when sometimes, like, if you're trying to cast Revive or something, it'd be a bad camera angle. And you're you know you end up picking the wrong character and it's like oh well, great I just wasted my la- my last yeah. Phoenix down you know like I mean, minor issues like that but the actual I I like that uh, the battles um, I like the way that there wasn't always the exact same screen setup
0: yeah I I wish yeah I agree with you like I wish that like, you know how they have the the classic gloved finger pointing at what you're gonna interact with. I wish yeah. that it had been on the names at the bottom as opposed to picking the character. Yeah. Um, just because again to avoid that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I think it looks cool. You know what part I think of is the very first fight when Cloud jumps off the train and fights the two guards and just yeah. seeing like, wow, look at this. And then that first kind of like almost that like tutorial boss fight against that scorpion robot thing where you're Cloud and Barrett and he like... He's like, the tail's up. Don't attack. The tail's down. Get him, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, Like, just seeing the characters, like, to go from the Super Nintendo sprites that don't move and, like, they run forward and then they just swing their hand twice and come back, which I I also think is gorgeous. I love that art style. But then to see them, like, in, like, to see them in, like, big 3D, albeit kind of Lego bricky-looking characters, like Cloud and that giant fucking sword and him standing there, like, looking forward, like Archon with that big sword in his hand and bear it with his tuck my daughter in fucking super cannon on his arm. Um, like it just looks so cool. Like Tifa, as opposed to like, and if you were playing final fantasy four, if you were playing the 16 bit RPGs and Tifa attacked, like she would just like punch the air twice and that would be it. Whereas like in this game, you see her fucking go off, especially on the limits and stuff. And I just think that looks so like, I don't know, maybe people take it for granted today. And if you didn't grow up playing the games before it, maybe it doesn't hit as hard, but like, I really think it looks special, the, the combat in this game. Um, and I also wanted to shout out Limits because with the exception of Vincent, whose limit fucking sucks, I love Limit Breaks. And I love well, how, well, how much work they put into the animations of them and stuff.
1: I I thought they were good. I like that they're, they're all different and they're all, like, they're, I mean, they're unique. Like, they all make sense for the character. Uh, you know, like, Clouds are all very... chop 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 uh you know Tifa's slot machine beat the crap out of him um barrett just gets progressively stronger you know uh laser rays uh set bounces between either uh technology the one where he takes a stick of dynamite lights it with a cigarette
0: and then throws it at them yes dude that they gave him a cigarette like how badass is that like don't smoke kids i'm not endorsing smoking but like yeah. God, Sid is fucking cool, man. He's so fucking cool. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Like uh, my favorite is, and I maybe mis- I haven't played this game in its original version in like twenty years. But like, doesn't Sid call in the high wind?
1: Yeah, the last. The, yeah, the that the, his ultimate one there is. Yeah, uh, yeah, he calls. I mean, it's you just it's just a bunch of missiles appearing and and blowing the enemies. But it's
0: that's still pretty badass that this yeah. guy calls in a fucking airship. And it like has it yeah. coming? Oh, that's fucking sick! I fuck. I love Sid so much. Um, so I like that. I think we've we've touched on the graphics. Um, so the other and if there's anything else that we're forgetting, by all means. But the two things that are sticking out to me that I wanted to touch on were materia and the the music. Um, okay,
1: let's listen to the music. Uh, you know, first. Okay. Uh, what, what, even for Final Fantasy games, which I think have always had a great soundtrack, pretty universally. This one's definitely up there.
0: I I this is not my favorite Final Fantasy game, but of all the ones I've played, I think this is my favorite soundtrack. And maybe it's yeah. just the nostalgic ties I have to it, but like I love basically every track in this game.
1: Yeah, there, there's not a bad one. Like I, even their Chocobo uh and and you know, I mean the Chocobo tune is upbeat and whatnot, but it's very it's it's silly. Yeah. But I mean like the- the, the, their version of it for this, I think, is, is nice. It's fun. And,
0: yeah. Like, no, like I don't...
1: That game is, is stellar.
0: Yeah, I don't want to say that they, like, tried harder in this game. Because I'm sure they try hard on all other games. And maybe it's because this was the first one with the CD where they obviously had, you know, the opportunity to do better music and stuff like that. Um, but I just i don't know what it is about it but like i can hear the music in this song like to this day like the sephiroth like where the you can hear like the um like the singers like the oh i can't do it but you know what i mean like yeah. that sephiroth music and the obviously that music in the motorcycle scene fucking turns me on because it's so awesome and like just like the 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 battle music the boss music the shinra music like the the fucking uh, Cosmo Canyon music, like all yeah. the music in this game, just just hits. It's so fucking good. It like it's like I, I I don't have any of it on my phone, but like I might change that and and get some of it on my phone. It's that good. It's it's. And then I, like, I, I oh.
1: used to have this track. I I've, I've lost it somewhere in one of the, my moves or something, but I used to have the soundtrack for this game.
0: Oh, it is so good, and it fits the game so well. Maybe that's like. Obviously, there's no voice acting, and that is what it is. But like this game, especially going back to 1997, 1998, whenever the fuck this game came out, I, I'm gonna look that up so I stop saying the wrong year and everybody fucking yells at me. Uh, uh, 90, 97. It's exactly this year. Yeah, 97. Um, it, it like it felt like playing a movie, and I know that yeah. sounds stupid, but like. It really did, especially if you grew up on Earthbound and, and Super Nintendo Final Fantasies and, and Chrono Trigger and stuff like that. Like Those went from, like, these are video games. These are video games to, like, this comes across as, like, a movie between the better graphics and the deeper story and the incredible backgrounds and the all that stuff. And then you add in the soundtrack, and it was just so, like... I did listen to CD like it's funny cuz when I think of this game I think of the soundtrack but I also think of uh Offsprings Americana album because I used to listen to it all the time on my Discman while I would just grind to like master all my materia and stuff like that. Um but yeah. like I could listen to like this is a game that like if I was to play this today on my Switch or something I would have the sound up. Like normally I turn the volume off on my Switch when I'm playing, I would turn the volume up on this one because it's just that music is so fucking good, Daniel.
1: Yeah. Oh. no you know what I mean that's music is not one of those things that normally jumps out at me um but like this when you've got a soundtrack that so fits the media it's for yeah it it's just so good yeah and like this game really does a great job with that
0: yeah when they want the music to be kind of sappy and emotional and stuff they they nail it when they want it to be uh really dramatic and intense. Like that Sephiroth theme and stuff, like they nail it. When they wanted to get your adrenaline pumping and get you fired up, like for a boss fight or the motorcycle scene or whatever, they nail it. Like I don't there's really not a bad song or moment in the in the game. Like as far as the the soundtrack goes. It's all the Turks theme. Oh, I love the fucking Turks. God, the Turks are so fucking cool. They should have like yeah. a they should have like a fucking T V show. They're so badass.
1: Um, I I want to show that is just... That is just, you know, Reno or like, going around doing
0: shit. Yeah, agreed, yeah. Um, yeah, I love the music. Um, and I mentioned that I listen to CDs sometimes when I was grinding my materia. I want to talk about the materia system in this game, because I do like it, and I want to get into that. But I know that, like, I've talked about how I don't love JRPGs these days, and I was just kind of thinking about it as you and I were getting ready to record this episode. I really think this game is a part of why... Because previous to this game, like my RPG experience was, you know, Super Mario RPG, Earthbound, Final Fantasy 2 on the Super Nintendo. All of those games, there's minimal grinding, with the exception of if you want to try to find like the Sword of Kings in Earthbound, which I've never found in my entire life ever. I don't even think it fucking exists. I think it's made up. But like Final Fantasy, and I never played Final Fantasy 6 back in the day, so I can't speak to that one. But Final Fantasy 7. I liked the materia system. I like being able to mix and match your materia on different equipment, different combinations and make it do different things. And the way it affects your stats. Like I really do think materia is a cool system, but like I grinded so much to master all the materia in this game, which is on me that I'm the one that did that. But I think it kind of just turned me off on the whole grinding thing. Like it's like eating something and getting food poisoning and then never being able to eat that thing again that's kind of how I feel about grinding. And I think it comes from this game and working on the materia. because like Daniel, you could pop like countless hours into the just material on this game. If you really want to start tweaking well, it and working and, on it and stuff
1: to get a level. And, and here's the thing. It's not a case where you, you, there's no payoff. There is a payoff for getting it all mastered. Absolutely. You can, you master everything you go and you can get the, the the master magic which gives you means you have one materia that you can uh, equip all the magic spells on somebody absolutely and it's the command and the summon one um uh, this was the first rpg i played that had anything like equivalent to a job system i didn't play uh like the original the japanese final fantasy 2 i don't remember when we got it over here or uh tactics or a lot of them that that had drop systems that ever played so this is the first one where you could kind of make to a degree any character do anything uh, so i really i really like that It really let it customize i mean it meant that i could have my favorite characters and and still have all my roles covered um i completely 100% cheated with the the leveling the materia uh, my brother had bought one of the the third party controllers that had the turbo feature ah, and we could just find a field and take, take the buttons down so that it would just run, run around in circles and then we'd go to supper or we'd go and do this. Heck, I think we even turned it on and left it running overnight yeah. and it would just, so, I mean, I like can level up our characters and level up the material. It actually screwed us. Cause at one point it, uh, you can only, you can only have 200 material after that. Cause when you master materia, it creates a new one. Yeah. Um, it actually, if you have more than 200, it starts, uh, it just gets rid of whatever is at the bottom. And it's so, I didn't, know that. I, run- didn't know that. I didn't
0: know that there was a cap on how much material you could carry. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Then they even talk. they even justified the story. It's like, you know, we understand that we have to use, uh, in the game, materia is made from, the, the life stream, the life energy of the planet. And they, they even talk about, like, if you go to the training thing and you can talk, they're like, you know, we understand we have to use this in our fight, but we also have to be responsible. And that's why you're only, you know, we can only carry 200 material. Oh,
0: okay. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember if I caught it last time. I caught it this time when they talked about it. I just, I knew you could max out because it, uh, like, it. We, I, we lost some of our unique material that we had no way of getting again because of that.
0: Right. Yeah, like, the system is awesome. And, like, the thing about it is, like, I don't like it. Like, call me old-fashioned. I don't like a ton of customization in my RPGs. Like, I prefer the... I, I, I am slowly getting more accustomed to it because that's basically just how RPGs are now. But, like, I like the idea of, like, oh, I just added uh, this character to my party and this character is a white mage, so I, they're only going to have... Like, that's going to be what they do. Like, I like that, personally. I, I preferred... I like linear games. I like games that tell me what to do. Like I'm that type of person. Like you, I'll 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 do what you want me to do, but you, you, excuse me, you tell me what you want that character to be. And then that's what that character will be. And you're right. This game broke that. If you wanted to, in theory, you can make Cloud into nothing but like a white mage. If you want to just put nothing but healing material on them and they come do that. So I, 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 what I do love about the material system in this game is like, Dude, have you ever gone down the rabbit hole on the YouTube and looked up some of the crazy combinations people have come up with with Materia on this game? It's fucking insane. People equipping this shit where you cast like fucking knights of the round eight times when you get a hit and then someone mimes it twice. And like that kinda of, like I know that's how some people beat like the weapons and stuff like that. Uh it's insane. And I I actually applaud the developers that, like, especially a game that's 25 years old, they were able to put that much freedom in the game without just completely breaking it. You could argue that the materia breaks it a little bit, but I don't think it does. I think it's just the more work and the more time and the more effort you put into learning and how to work materia, the more you can do with it. That's really, it's a really cool system. In my yep, opinion. And, and it is completely, this
1: game, if you just want to play the story it has very minimal grinding required. Agreed. You might have to do a little bit, but depending on, on what not, you
0: don't, <laughs> Typically have to grind too much, unless you want Knights of the round. Well, if you want Knights of the round, you got to yeah. That's... Which like so, I <laughs> I hate walkthroughs today. I hate them. But when I played this game in high school, I actually had my mom print off a full walkthrough for me at work. She got in a lot of trouble because she didn't know how big it was, and it turned out to be like three hundred pages. I had a binder at home that was the full walkthrough of this game, but it explained yeah. to me how to get knights of the round. And I'm not going to dunk on this game for making it hard to get that summon material. If you don't know by chance, like, the materia of summon, uh, Knights of the Round is, like, the strongest summon in the game. Um, I'm not going to dunk on how hard it was to get it because I guess it's just a product of the times. I always wonder when I play Final Fantasies and RPGs, I'm like, how the fuck do people find some of this? Like, how did people figure out that you had to breed and breed and breed and breed chocobos until it was, was it a gold one you had to get? You had to do, like, the yeah, races yeah. or something, and then you had to get, like, a gold chocobo. Then you had to go to this fucking island. Like, how did anyone find this? I don't understand how someone figured this out. I don't. Well, I... You, you can find the island. Like, the funny thing is, like, that the
1: island where you get Knights of the Round isn't even on the map. Like, you just have to fly around. It's up in the top right of the map. Uh, like, you can fly around, you can see it, but you can't when you get the airship, but you can't land. Cause right. You can't land in force with it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a case of that. And then the there is a guy, the chocobo sage who you have to talk to him periodically and he tells you about the like, there's different type of chocobos and he does tell you how to get those. But you have to talk to him an awful lot and break in between and whatnot. And it's so the game will tell you how to do it, but you, you're, you've you got to be willing to put in the time and effort. Yeah. I totally use the, a, uh, a player's guide for it as well.
0: Oh, Like half of the reason I haven't played this game in 20 years is because I never want to do the whole process of getting Knights of the Round again. Uh, not to mention, <laughs> when you get it, sure, it's great that you've got this powerful summon, but like... And I do, I don't give a fuck if people say that this is just how it was back then or not. I'll, I'll, I'll still ding this game some points. You should be able to skip those fucking animations. Absolutely. That Knights of the Round animation is like 10 fucking minutes. You could cast that and use like Quadra Magic or whatever it is called to do it like four times and mime it and shit. And then you could just walk away for an hour and just (laughs) let it go. And it's just, and like it, listen, summons are great to watch the first time and maybe even the second time. But after that you're like, "Oh my god, okay. I get it. All these dead fucking knights are going to come in and hack this guy. Let's go." Like, ah. Fuck you, Knights of the Round. Fuck you, Knights of the Round. But other than that, it's a cool system.
1: Yeah, um, no. And like there's lots, like and there's just lots of cool ones, like especially when you start getting like the, the you know, like the counters pre the the sneak attack one, the one that got to always get at least one attack in preemptively. Yeah um the the reaction like the the counter magic ones or the i can't remember what it's called but it's the one where you get you it's one of the ones you pair with something but it's when your character dies it automatically casts that because as soon as you get that one you you get it to cast um either phoenix uh or uh revive and then it brings you back anyways
0: and like it's really dope the way like and i I find it a little overwhelming in the sense of like, I just don't have the patience to fully get into all the details of it, but I love stuff like, uh, you, you can just load up materia on, on like just Barrett For example, if you load up the right materia, it's not even about the magic. It gives them. It's about the stat boosts. It gives them because yeah. all the material affects your stats and stuff like that. Like there's an incredible amount of depth to this game. If you want to really tinker under the hood and really play with everybody's, uh, buffs and stats and stuff like that plus some weapons like I love how every weapon has different amounts of slots And some of them are linked and some of them aren't and some weapons get more powerful with different material equipped them and stuff like that like um, If you're a nerd that's into that kind of stuff. It was a really incredible system back in the day Yeah, no, so
1: absolutely it,
0: um, You know,
1: I'm What's it, that? It it really it, it it's a level you know it's a level custom the, the weapon thing was cool especially if you're you're trying to find the balance between leveling up uh material because so, some weapons you could get the double but they weren't as strong as other weapons or or some of them would get no you couldn't level up material on it at all Uh
0: which was always oh yeah always like cool. the amount of AP they got yeah. yeah holy fuck it's insane like it's so I mean you can like like the other thing that uh, kind of bugs me is like, I like that you only roll three party members. I prefer a smaller party, but I hate when you can't remove the main character. And like, yeah. even looking at it, like as much as I love super Mario RPG, if I had it my way, I would roll a team of Bowser, Geno, and peach. Like I would get rid of Mario. And in oh, this game yeah. I would roll, like I said, Sid Tifa red 13. I think I'd get rid of cloud. Um, like I get why you can't cause they're so critical to the story and everything but I just wish sometimes that you could. Um, Man, like, I feel like this has been a different episode of Remember the Game than normal because we haven't really talked about the story that much, but I think most people know the story of Final Fantasy VII. I kind of... I wanted to revisit this game and just really give it its due for some of the advancements it made in the world of RPGs. Like, it's not my favorite JRPG in the world, but it, it is... I, again, to kind of go back to like where we started as we start wrapping this thing up, like boy, is it important? Like one of the most important video games ever made. And I don't know if I think it's overrated or not. I, it's certainly not. I can't imagine there's anyone on the planet that thinks Final Fantasy VII is underrated. Um, I do. I know for a fact we have longstanding members of our community that think it's overrated. I don't so much think it's overrated. I think its influence is astronomical. I just don't like. You just replayed it. Did you like? Was it? Did you have fun? Like, I don't really have any urge to ever play this game again. Like, did you enjoy it?
1: I I, I did have a lot of fun, and I mean, I played it on the Switch, so I was able to to, to, to have the speed boost and uh, the ah. and I could turn off random encounters and and uh, do the thing that uh, you know keeps your limit break your limit burst. So I mean, you know, I I was able to shortcut part of the game because of that. Right. But the actual, I still really enjoy the the storyline. Uh, so so many little things that I missed. Uh, when you're in the one town, there's the, the chick that's waving out the window, and then when you go talk to her, she's like, I thought that would get you in the door. And she's like, What's well, one, two, three fishes? I'm like, Yeah. She's totally flaunting, you know, flashing out the window. Right. Uh, or the the one guy that keeps hiring hiring the girls to attract customers, but it's costing them all this money. Right. Uh, like it, it, was fun replaying those things, you know, with a more adult mindset Yeah, and catching all these things that probably should not have slipped by the, in, in a kid's game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No uh, shit. I, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, some of them, they're not innuendos. Like some of them are outright stated. Uh, oh, dude, know, like uh, the whole,
0: that whole fucking, the whole, uh, cross-dressing part where cloud yeah. has to like the the that greasy fucking dawn guy like i didn't yeah. fully comprehend what was going on there when i was 13 but now i'm like dude you're fucking like ea levels of greasy like that's fucking bag. but like that's such a i love that i like i think that's such an iconic scene and i'm so glad they didn't cut any of that out they actually expanded on it in the remake yeah. um yeah i just i don't have a lot of urge to play it again but like I know we weren't, I said we weren't going to talk too much about the remake. I want to just say, I really feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake gave me a little bit more of an appreciation for the original game.
1: And Yeah, I did that one. Like, I mean, like I said, this was probably my second favorite uh, Final Fantasy game. Probably, honestly, there's not a whole lot of RPGs. You know, I'm like you, they're not my favorite genre. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely, you know, probably top, top five RPGs in general.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: easily. Um, but that, that remake really—it it managed to highlight a lot of things I like about this, and you know, like going back and playing playing the original after the remake, uh, it was definitely a trip. And I I I do recommend it, but you know, I mean, it's you, this this last replay, it was still thirty five hours I put into it. Yeah, so. it's a,
0: and that's and I assume that you didn't like master every material and go fight all the weapons and all that kind of stuff. So nope. Um, you throw all that shit in, and like, I don't even what are you looking at like 50 60 hours if you want to do well, everything I, in this game like
1: i i i know i know when i played this as a kid i think i i think i fully did the game and mastered everything and all that i think three times back in the day and uh i know at least uh, one or two of them i maxed out the timer and i mean like that was with the whole like you know taping the buttons out on the controller sure, and letting sure, it right sure. yeah not. but like, that's still easily 60, 70 hours i probably put into those games more than once.
0: Yeah, it's a massive game. And, like, yeah, I just, like, when we recorded the very first, when we recovered the first episode about Final Fantasy Seven like, four years ago, I, like I said, it was a good game. I thought it was a little bit overrated. I don't remember what I gave it a score of, but I thought it was, like, it was fine. Um, yeah, I think that the the remake really gave me a new, because, like, man, Final Fantasy Seven remake is so good. It drives me crazy that it's going to be in, like, 12 chapters or whatever the fuck it ends up being. But the game itself is so good. And it really just, like... It was like this game that I played in high school where, like, you could see it, but you also had to kind of use your imagination to imagine what it would fully look like in real life. And it was like, this is what it looks like in real life. And it it really did give me appreciation for, like, man, this is a really... It is a really special video game. Whether you think it's overrated, the best Final Fantasy, or whatever, I, I think it's, um it's just so, it's special, it's, it's influential, and, like, if you, if you were making a list of, like, the must-play platformer, the must-play racing game, the must-play shooter, the must-play JRPG, like, I, I know there's arguments for other games, like, Chrono Trigger and stuff, but, like, Final Fantasy VII is a contender for, like, the most must-play JRPG of all time, like, it is a, it's a contender for that spot.
1: Because it's just no, uh, so
0: big and so influential, you know?
1: Yeah. No, it, 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 in terms of what it's done for, for the, it, not not even RPG industry, but like gaming as a whole, I think it's defi- definitely uh, up there.
0: Sure. Um, and it's the game that arguably put PlayStation on the map. And PlayStation has owned that map for two and a half decades. So, yeah. like, it is, it is to, for my money, Final Fantasy VII is to the PS1 what, like, Halo is to Xbox. Like it's that big a deal, you know, which is weird because like it's Final Fantasy is not even exclusive to PlayStation or anything now. Like Final Fantasy 7 is on literally everything, but back then yeah. it was fucking massive. So, um, yeah. okay, we should score this thing. I have to record another one of these in like ten minutes. Um, there's 15 core Final Fantasy games, and don't come at me and be like, well, there's two Final Fantasy tens and three Final Fantasy thirteens and blah blah blah. There's 15 base games. So that's what we're gonna go with. So Daniel, if you and I'm very interested to hear what you have to say because you just replayed this and I have not done that. But if you were to score Final Fantasy seven out of fifteen, what would you score Final Fantasy seven?
1: Hmm. Keep in mind that I'm one of those people that you know. For me, a five out of ten is is you know legitimately an average, and yeah. you know I I'd, I'd give this game probably an eleven out of fifteen. That right. you lose the point for Kaito. Uh loses a point. It it, it loses points for, for the confusing thing that maybe some of it with translation would not get the point for killing Aerith. Nice. Uh yeah, no. Eleven eleven out of fifteen, I think.
0: Yeah, all right. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go like I'll give it like a twelve. I think I think there are better JRPGs. Um there's certainly ones that I like more. I think there are better Final Fantasies. Like this is not in my top three Final Fantasy games. It's it's close, but it's not in my top three. Uh I think there's better protagonists, I think there's better magic systems. I think I love the job system in some other games. I think there's better villains. Like I don't I, outside of this soundtrack, I don't know if there's any one thing that I like more about Final Fantasy 7 than any other Final Fantasy game, but as a collective work, I'm like this it's a it's a pretty pretty damn good video game. And I I'll ask you, like, and maybe it's a little bit loaded because you've, you've already played it, but, like, if someone had never played this game, like, I don't assume it's as playable today as it was back then.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: it's not like, and, like, and that's, I know that it's different because it's an RPG. It's not a an action game like a Metal Gear Solid or a Resident Evil, but, like, some of those games, a lot of PS1 games can be tough to play today, whereas I think this one, you could pick it up and play it no problem, and I know it's different, it's a JRPG, but, like, even compared to JRPGs of today. I think this game is very, very playable. Um, I,
1: I I would, I would, I absolutely think it's, it's, uh, you could pick it up and, but I, you know, I mean, I, I would say, you know, play it on the switch that you can, you can turn the times three on, but.
0: And you know what? It almost might be more playable today because you have the internet. So you can look up what the fuck is going on with Zach, as opposed (laughs) to just trying to figure it out on your own. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, this was man. This was different than a lot of our. I feel like this was a different episode. But I, I, this was I had a. Frankly, I had more fun with this episode than I expected to. Like, cause I'm not the world's biggest Final Fantasy Seven fan, but just going back and talking about how important this damn game was. Like, I this was a this was a trip down memory lane, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm so thank so you. Glad you this one. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Thank you for uh, taking 35 hours of your life to replay it just for this <laughs> podcast. And thank you for agreeing with me that kate sith and Eris fucking suck i really uh i appreciate it buddy thanks for doing this
1: yeah final fantasy remake could have just remade the game with no changes aside from getting rid of those two characters and i'd be okay with it
0: can you imagine final fantasy 7 remake without Eris? oh christ people would have fucking <laughs> ride in the fucking streets anyways wait till part two no i'm not going to spoil anything about final fantasy 7 uh remake okay buddy thanks for doing this daniel i appreciate it man
1: all right have a good one buddy
0: And that's gonna do it for this week's episode, Daniel. Thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Final Fantasy seven into every single one of you nerds hearing my voice right now. Whether this is your first Remember the Game, maybe your 195th episode of Remember the Game. Thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. If you were like, "Hey, that episode, that podcast doesn't suck," maybe consider leaving us a nice review on your podcast service of choice. I'm not quite sure what they do, but I know the good podcasts ask for them, so we're gonna do the same thing. Plus. Uh, it makes me feel good when I read nice reviews, and if you're like, dude, I can't get enough of this guy's voice, maybe consider supporting us on Patreon, because I'm telling you, I truly believe this, this might not be the best podcast on the internet, I'm certainly not the best podcast host, I barely know how to edit all the audio, my voice cracks all the time, I can't pronounce words with more than three syllables, and I don't like fucking popular games like Majora's Mask and in, and everybody gets mad at me for it, but goddamned if I don't give you a good bang for your buck over on patreon for just two bucks a month you get two additional podcasts every week to go with the shout out access to our discord the ability to write into our show and a whole bunch of other stuff two additional every Thursday and Friday you get extra shows for two bucks a month plus five percent of your patreon pledge every month is going to be donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital in December as part of my 24-hour charity stream patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested there and finally I have a P.O. box uh, you can find the address at remember the it is P.O. Box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6v1g7 just shoot me a little something small postcard a letter something little tell me where you're listening and i'll send you a postcard back and we'll be friends and that'll be fun that's how it works Uh, oh yeah and finally i stream on twitch most tuesday nights and then just whenever i can get over there uh twitch.tv slash member the game if you're interested in looking me up not remember member the game i'm over there just playing games and arguing with people all the time it's lots of fun i don't beg you for subs or anything Just come hang out, all right? That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks again, everybody. We will be back in, uh, I guess, tomorrow for Patreons. I'll be back with our spiciest gaming takes episode of Expansion Pass. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch. And I'll be back next week with a whole nother juicy smorgasbord of podcasts, including, remember, the game number 196, which, if everything goes according to plan, will be about Castlevania area area or area of sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. Ooh. Anyway, take it easy, everybody. I'll talk to you on the next one. Uh, Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I puke up every week without all of your support. The following people are supporters at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And I'd like to take a moment to thank them all personally by butchering a bunch of their names. So a huge thank you to makeshift mallow money joe buck sharonic andre keegs and his stupid arrow handle james clark dave McGee, dna gaming slick rick doug dorn charlie medeiros andrew wright jordan the good enough gamer on youtube fraser burns lil bunny foo 89 angry Ticks dave thompson no one cares brandon o'brien aaron lawson matt McLean nathan trombley morgan zane donovan ryan kinchin mike maloney very cool dude g9 psx raging demon wolfgang darren sam wright andy hudson chris Coplin, doogie wolf magic 21 johnny ccdc titan 420 zonko 504 adam fairer russell aldridge uh aldridge I, I thought i fucked that up but no i nailed it keep going keep going jeff bergeron captain n game nomad Messi, daniel tunable power tom Danks, John woodruff just a fish snoop q super dad bros podcast danzalo holmes zach shepherd Balsack teabagger chris dickin untakar Oof, that fucked me up. Um, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Docabai, Ray Sam Wontongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk. Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizalde, Eric James, Riley Turvey, C Spin, Thomas Smith, Nikola, Munch McCucci, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D printed Sawstrich, Paul Burke, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, D B Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon who's not actually a surgeon, Roe Tyler, Nightmare, Dixon Cider, Benjamin Swiller. Preacher Club, my or Pet My Peeve Podcast, Tristan Teen the Great, Esteban Navarro, KH, Jim, Josh Stone, Chris Williams, Scrub Tech 84. I'm really sucking at this this week. Evol, Evol Skywalker, Cody Richardson, General Fury, and Salty by Design. Oh. Some weeks I don't do too bad. That was fucking ugly. But either way, thank you all so much for the support. Thanks everybody for listening. Talk to you again soon. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. <coughs>
1: Oh, right.
0: wow.